Good morning, church, and uh, welcome to the Sunday service uh, here at the Free Community Church. Whether you're joining us uh, here on site here at One Commonwealth or joining us online, a very warm welcome to you. I'm just so glad that you have joined us this morning for our time of worship and gathering around the Word this morning. Um, I want to use this opportunity to give us a bit of time to welcome one another. So if you're here on site, would you just turn to your neighbor, wave, give them uh, you know, a little bit of a heart symbol. And if you're online, maybe you want to drop it into the chat, uh, the live chat that's going on right now. Peace be to you. Or uh, some, you know, uh, Sunday morning blessings uh, for those who are tuning in along with you this morning. So if you're joining us here at One Commonwealth, you have already might have noticed when you uh, stepped into this hall that uh, we are getting ready for Christmas. And you can see behind us uh, some decorations. Uh, just want to say a big shout out to uh, Jay and Victoria and the team from uh, Sprout2 for the incredible creativity and the work that they have done uh, turning uh, you know, this place and getting us ready for, for Christmas. You can see actually on the wall behind me that there are actually some photos. And these photos are actually taken from the last 18 years and they printed out some of these photos. So maybe if you're here after the service, you can go and check out those photos. But if you're online, you know, this um, um, Christmas is called, the theme of this Christmas is, uh, is called a family Christmas. So we want to invite you to come and join us here on site on the 25th of December. And if you have a chance to be here, you can actually see uh, some of those photos from our history uh, up close and personal. To prepare our hearts for our time of worship together this morning, uh, can I invite us to stand if we are willing and able to, um, to respond to the call to worship. Come in, come in and sit down. You are a part of the family. We, we are, are lost and, and we, we are, are found. And we, we are, are a part of the family. family. We know, God, that we who have gathered here are a part of the family but we also know that the family is much bigger still. There are people we don't understand. There are people we disagree with. There are people we don't like. There are people who don't like us. Challenge us, God, to expand our vision of family until we see all of creation as one big family. Amen. If you're here on site, you are welcome to stand or sit for the time of worship together. Let's join our hearts together with our worship team for a time of worship with music. Oh, no. 
Just say 
Hi, good morning everyone, um, and welcome to church. Uh, I'm Mark, and the prayer leader for the day. Please take a seat. Um, so, uh, <laughs> this morning, uh, I was driving to church uh, because Andy had lots of, uh, my partner had lots of like, stuff to bring for the Christmas play uh, that's being done by the, the children. Uh, so, um, we're driving to church, and then I made a wrong turn. Because okay. I normally park at a certain place at, at Commonwealth and uh, in the, near the Commonwealth uh, Two Chefs um, place. And then I turned in that direction. Uh, but I actually, actually already booked uh, another lot because uh, I was uh, driving a Blue SG. I booked another lot for some other place that was available. And it was very silly because I kept telling myself that I would go to that new location to park. But yet I kept... Uh, at that critical juncture, I ended up turning in the wrong direction and kind of hong la, right? <laughs> because, you know, I'm not a very experienced driver, la, you know, one of those people. Uh, so I think that, I think prayer is a little bit like that as well. I mean, this is one of the things, I mean, with Blue SG, I only drive once in a while, what more prayer we do all the time, right? That we, we kind of like enter this um, automatic uh, way, we close our eyes, we we say, dear uh, Heavenly Father or Heavenly Mother, or, or whichever term you use. Um, and we often go into this automatic mode, which is um, helpful, but also not very helpful at the same time. Lah, right? So um, I hope that you don't end up turning in the wrong direction as I did this morning, um, as, we, as I invite you to close your eyes and pray. To the God of many names, thank you for this time that we can come together and pray. We take our concerns, the fears and worries and anxieties in our hearts and we surrender them to you. As we pray, help us also be ready to listen to the quiet and gentle promptings of your spirit. Thank you for your faithful presence in our community, caring for each and every member of this church. Through our struggles in life, you are our ever-present Redeemer, teaching us rebuking us, counselling us, and showing us the way of Jesus. We confess that we do not always count our blessings, and we do not always give thanks for what we do have. We have too many ideas of how our life should be, and have no space in our hearts to receive the life that you have blessed us with. We confess that we fight in the ways of the world and we find it hard to forgive those who have hurt us.
to love our enemies or to bless those who curse us. Forgive us for not always walking in your ways. Lord, as a church, we recommit our hearts, our minds, and our hands to you so that we may be fully aligned with your way and walk in your way and be true followers and disciples of Jesus. Lord, you say in your word that the axe is already lying at the root of the tree and that every tree that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Lord, what is the fruit that you need us to bear? What are the things that we need to prepare in our hearts so that we may bear the fruit that we are prepared for the coming of Christ? Lord, what is it that we need to change in our ways so that we can lead lives ready for you? Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Lord, prepare our hearts that we may be useful companions on your journey as we walk with you and we follow you. Make us the happiness of those whose hearts are broken, to those strangers among us who are shunned and who live in fear, so that all children of yours may know of the good news of salvation embodied in Jesus. Lord, now we take the time to lift up to you the quiet and silent petitions of our hearts. Lord, as we speak into words the petitions of our hearts, we'll continue to ask for your guidance to help us receive the trials of life as individuals and as a community with gladness. For you are bringing us through the refiner's fire, cleansing us of all impurities, and helping us be perfect examples of your way. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Okay, um, this is also the time of Advent, uh, and uh, as we go further into the season of Advent, I will be lighting the third candle. I believe the first two candles are faith and hope. Uh, so this week we are moving into the week of joy. So oh. 
So good morning, everyone. Um, welcome. Welcome to church, especially in this Advent season. And I want to join, uh, invite you to join us um, on our mentee.com, uh, as we've always done. Uh, and that allows you to kind of participate in some of the questions we have and to share uh, your insights, your journey with us. Uh, so it helps to encourage one another and to build each other up, even through this time of listening um, to the Word of God. And so, if you will join me on menti.com, the code today is 8127-7861. So, if you had told me three years ago that lives all around the world would be interrupted and changed drastically by a global pandemic, in which many lives would be lost and there would be long-standing travel restrictions and mask mandates. I would find it very hard to believe, right? I mean, three years ago, if someone told you that, wouldn't you find it hard to believe? But that's exactly what we have lived through over the past two years. All of us, globally, around the world. And we continue to live with, even now, with all the uncertainties of a new variant, what's going to happen in a new year. And we may not be conscious of it, but we are all carrying this extra weight of the situation on our shoulders. On top of our usual responsibilities at work, in our families, at church, in other parts of our lives, we all carry the extra weight of this pandemic anxiety low-grade or otherwise, right? So as you enter into this sanctuary, into this sacred space, I want to invite you to just breathe, to just take a deep breath, and to lay down all the weight and the burdens that you are carrying. Jesus says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Will you pray together with me as we begin? God, who is always with us, guide our thoughts, enliven our spirits, draw us to yourself as we dwell in your presence and listen to your heart. Amen. Today is the third Sunday in Advent, and we will be talking about joy. Joy? Is it even possible to be joyful in such times? How can we be joyful when life is so challenging and chaotic and uncertain? 
That's exactly the world that Mary was in when the angel visited and told her the troubling news. Her world was challenging, chaotic, uncertain. You know, people like Mary, they were poor. They were living under Roman rule and oppression. They didn't know when Caesar might issue a new degree or when Herod might decide to kill off their children. It was completely chaotic and uncertain. And so let's go back to that story in Luke chapter 1. And it says, six months later, the angel, and six months later is something that happened with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Okay, so you can go read about that. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a young woman named Mary. She was engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And upon arriving, the angel said to Mary, Rejoice! Highly favoured one, God is with you. Blessed are you among women. Mary was deeply troubled by these words and wondered what the angel's greeting meant. The angel went on to say to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and bear a son and give him the name Jesus. Deliverance. His dignity will be great and he will be called the only begotten of God. And God will give Jesus the judgment seat of David, his ancestor, to rule over the house of Jacob forever. And his reign will never end. And Mary said to an angel, how, how can this be, since I have never been with a man? The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Hence, the offspring to be born will be called the Holy One of God. Know too that Elizabeth, your kinswoman, has conceived a child in her old age, and she, who was thought to be infertile, is now in her sixth month. Nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And Mary said, I am the servant of God. Let it be done to me as you say. This story is so familiar to us that I think we sometimes lose sight of or forget just how strange, unfamiliar, and challenging that experience was for Mary. I mean, think about it. Firstly, the angel appeared out of nowhere, right? That is shocking enough. And then the angel tells her to rejoice. If I were Mary, I would be scared, but you know, maybe a little excited, like, Wow, what great news are you going to share with me that's going to cause me to rejoice? I mean, you said I'm God's chosen one. What do you mean? And then the news drops like a bombshell. The angel says, well, you'll become pregnant even before you're married. Yay. I mean, think about it. I mean, if you were married, I mean, what would be going through your head at a time? What would my family think? My village and my relatives, they will all think I'm like some kind of loose woman. And everyone will be gossiping about us, my family. And you know, in fact, during her time in her culture, Mary could have been stoned for becoming pregnant out of wedlock. I mean, if you were in Mary's shoes, would you honestly be able to rejoice? I mean, I wouldn't. <laughs> 
I mean, we know that she was very disturbed by what the angel said at first. But interestingly, was truly able to rejoice sometime later through her hymn of praise, the Magnificat. Something happened in the middle, from the visit from the angel to the point where she sang her hymn of praise and joy. For many of us, joy tends to overlap with happiness. But happiness depends on positive conditions, good health, good job, happy family, etc. But joy springs forth from challenge, difficulty, or even despair, born of the reversal that comes when we don't expect it. And we see exactly that in Mary's story. So just to pause and give you a quiz question, how many times do you think joy is mentioned in the Old Testament and the New Testament? Okay? Just take a guess. Doesn't matter, right? I'll tell you what the answer is. I mean, if you ask me off the, off the cuff, I wouldn't have known either. But, okay, number one, 65 times in the Old T, 33 times in the New T, 87 times in the Old T is the second one, 42 times in the New T, number three, 103 times in the Old T, 48 times in the New T. And number four, 115 times in the OT and 58 times in the new T. Oh, so many numbers early in the morning. What is Pauline doing? It's okay. Just guess one, okay? So we have kind of like, you know, varying numbers around there, you know. How many times is joy even mentioned in the Bible? Right? Why are we even talking about joy? Is it that many times? Right? Very good. Thank you all. Wow. Okay, so I see actually we have a lot. We have a little bit more for the third option, 103 times. <laughs> you think I'm quite tricky, right? <laughs> that I wouldn't like make it too obvious, right? <laughs> well, the answer is joy is mentioned 115 times in the Old Testament and 58 times in the New Testament. 115 times in the Old Testament and 58 times in the New Testament. You know, considering what the Israelites were going through in the Old Testament, the wars that they were in, the destruction of Jerusalem, oppression under foreign powers, the exile to Babylon for 70 years, it's quite amazing that joy is even mentioned, right? And in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul was supposedly in jail in this dark dank cell somewhere in the Roman Empire awaiting trial and anticipating death when he wrote his famous letter to the Christians in Philippi and he says, rejoice in the Lord always, again I will say rejoice it's clear that Paul's famous lines in Philippians are not about feeling good about the situation as much as they are about cultivating the inner life of our souls in Paul's view, peace and joy are not emotions that are produced by our circumstances. They arise as we spend time with God in prayer and contemplation. You know, I titled this sermon, A Recipe for Joy. But we know joy can't really be manufactured. Right? So in a way, there is no recipe for joy. Uh, it's not meant to be a trick, okay? But... Perhaps joy can be bought. And I think the price of joy 
is what we must be willing to do or even let go for joy to arise. You see, Mary had to let go of her fears, her objections to God's very shocking plan that she, a virgin, be impregnated and carry the Messiah to full term. She had to let go of her reputation, what people might think of her, and commit herself to bring up a baby who is no ordinary human being. Joseph had to let go of his plans to quietly divorce her. Instead, he took on the task and responsibility of loving and caring for her and the baby, in spite of the gossip and the rumours that would surround them. So let me ask you, what must you be willing to do or to let go for joy to arise? As you think about your life right now, what do you think you need to be willing to do, maybe? To add on to? Or to let go, which is to take away, for joy to arise in your life? Sometimes you have lots of barriers, right? (laughs) And we sometimes sabotage ourselves. And sometimes the the answer is simpler than we think it is. So some of you said, let go of the traumas, your past, your ego. Wow, I think that covers quite a a lot of it. Reputation. mm -hmm. Because we can't control our reputation, right? Reputation is what people think of us, say of us, but we absolutely actually cannot control that. We can control and choose what to do in our lives, but we can't really choose what people think. To let go of doubt, hatred. To let go of worries, expectations of my boss, lack of judgment, being conventionally successful in my career, Mm -hmm. the need to be right, the desperation of being single and lonely, to let go of my plan, the expectations of what life should be, resentment and bitterness, worries, ego, to let go of the need to be seen, Mm -hmm. shame, to lower my expectations of friendships, to let go of the need to be perfect. Yes. Success is socially defined to forgive and to be kind to myself. Yes. Please be kind to ourselves. Let go of trying to plan for the future, to reduce focus on accomplishing and achieving and to live more in the moment. Yeah. Negative thoughts, the fear of choosing, to stop overthinking, right? Simplify. Getting back into comfortable but malfunctional communication patterns. Mm-hmm. Listening to new hit songs nobody heard of. Okay, Let go of the attitude of finding material things. Giving joy in order to find joy in our world and people. Mm. Giving joy in order to find joy. Wow, that's something. Let go of what should have been my mistakes. Yeah, so many. You see that the majority of things that we put here tends to be things we need to let go of rather than things we need to do and to add on to our lives. Do you see that? We need to let go of a lot of the burdens and the things that we carry that we should not be carrying. The fear of uncertain future, to let go of the need to be understood, peer pressure, to let go of expecting. So many things that we need to lay down. So today I want to share with you a recipe for joy. 
I say a recipe and not the recipe because this is just my perspective. Okay? And like all recipes, perhaps you have ingredients that you might like to add or maybe you want to tweak this recipe based on your own experience. Please feel free to do so. All of that is welcome. Please also feel free to share your thoughts in the YouTube chat if you want. To say, yeah, well, what I do is this, this, this. Add on, right? Or tweak it a little bit. And we might come up with a marvellous recipe for joy together, right? So firstly, joy arises from gentleness and gratitude. You know, our lives are packed to the brim with all kinds of things. We have things, material things, yes, but we have responsibilities, worries, anxieties. So many of the things that you say you had to let go, we are packed full of those expectations. And like I said in the beginning, we've been carrying a lot these past two years, constantly bracing ourselves for the unexpected, living in limbo and uncertainty, concerns of our jobs, our health, our loved ones, etc. Before joy can arise, we perhaps need to remember to just breathe and soften. You see, the bracing for uncertainty and limbo kind of posture is a tightening, is a, let me get ready for the fight. We need to breathe and to just soften to treat ourselves and others with gentleness and kindness. And interestingly, this is also what Paul says in that verse that I shared earlier in Philippians. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Interesting, right? Did you notice that? He said rejoice and then let your gentleness be evident to all, your softness, your tenderness, your kindness, your compassion. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, even the pandemic, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So let's be gentle to ourselves and to others. Let's be grateful. He said, give thanks, right? Let's be grateful for the present moment that we are here. Because modern research has actually shown that Paul is right, that Paul was right all along. Joy does arise from gratitude. So joy arises firstly from gentleness and gratitude. Secondly, Joy arises from the mutuality of reaching out and receiving and giving and sharing. So both, right? Receiving and giving. And that's what we do at Christmas when we give gifts, right? It's symbolic of us actually giving and receiving. You know, notice what Mary did after the angel left her. Within a short few days, almost immediately, Mary set off to reach out for support from Elizabeth, her cousin. And Elizabeth lives quite a distance away, okay? She doesn't just live on the next street. She lives quite a distance away, so Mary really had to walk quite a long distance to get there. But you see, Mary doesn't go to her mother or to Joseph, her fiancé, or to her rabbi at her synagogue or her friend across the street. She knew just who 
will be able to understand and support her in this very confusing and challenging situation. So we see, within a few days, Mary set out and hurried to the hill country to a town of Judah where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. As soon as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why am I so favoured that the mother of the Messiah should come to me? The moment your greeting reached my ears, the child in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who believed that what our God said to her would be accomplished. See, Elizabeth understood her. Excuse me? Yeah, okay. Elizabeth understood her. She immediately got her. Even before Mary needed to explain the situation, Elizabeth already knew. And at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and she recognizes that Mary is carrying divinity in her womb. And they both could rejoice together. Sometimes we need to reach out and receive when we are in need of help. And at other times, we are called to give and to share of ourselves. This mutual giving and receiving can cause joy to arise within us. And that is why I invited all of us to share our stories with one another this Advent season, even our stories of struggle. It's not just about the happy stories. It's also the stories like Mary of confusion, of challenge, of struggle. You see, our voices, each of us, our voices matter. And in giving of ourselves, in sharing of ourselves, we might be able to actually bless and encourage others too. And I just want to share with you one of the stories we received from Carissa. So Carissa is in our youth ministry, one of our leaders in our youth ministry. And she said this, This Advent, I reflect on my hope for the world and myself. As I go about my life in a society that consumes at the expense of the environment and others, how can I live and continue to live in such a way that I do not become like the seed that fell among the thorns and is choked by the worries of the world and by the lure of wealth and comfort? I don't see myself as well-to-do. I worry about my ability to sustain employment because of my mental health struggles. My highest educational qualification is A-level, and I'm set to complete my degree, my degree only around the age of 30. And that's much opportunity cost in terms of career progression, income level, savings. I worry a lot, go through bouts of coming up with great plans to earn big and do good at the same time, like plans to go into real estate and to serve the queer community, then swing towards desires to leave this rat race society altogether, question how realistic my plans are, and or question my intentions and integrity for striving for money. So whether they are aligned with God's heart, then when the dust settles, I try to live in the moment again, often distracted, often wondering, often wondering. And in some way, I think this was how many people who were waiting for Jesus' coming felt. I hope to God I embrace this Messiah in my circumstance and it does not pass me by. When I asked Carissa if I could share her story and if she's comfortable including her name, she said, no problem. 
Glad to be able to contribute in a chance that someone can relate and can feel less alone. Would you also reach out and receive? Receive that sharing from her. Hold her in your prayers, as well as give and share of yourself so that joy can arise. You see that joy arises also when we keep God's big picture in mind. We see Mary proclaiming her hymn of praise after she visits Elizabeth. So it's only after, right, she visits Elizabeth. Elizabeth helps to confirm that this vision that she received is indeed from God, and that confirmation probably strengthened Mary's resolve. Mary chooses to see the angel's vision, to accept the words meant for her, which she did actually right from the beginning, but it took some time to get to the point of rejoice, right? And for which I'm sure the words that she accepted was very much in conflict with the other voices probably around her. She chooses to frame her situation, her life, her world through the lens of God's big picture. Mary said, My soul proclaims your greatness, O God, and my spirit rejoices in you, my Saviour. For you have looked with favour upon your lowly servant, and from this day forward, all generations will call me blessed. For you, the Almighty, have done great things for me, and holy is your name. Your mercy reaches from age to age for those who fear you. You have shown strength with your arm. You have scattered the proud in their conceit. You have deposed the mighty from their thrones and raised the lowly to high places. You have filled the hungry with good things while you have sent the rich away empty. You have come to the aid of Israel, your servant, mindful of your mercy, the promise you made to your, our ancestors, to Sarah and Abraham and their descendants forever. And then Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. Chris Moore says, The Magnificat, which is what we call this hymn of praise often, is a poignant and direct response to the times in which Mary lives. Mary takes the metaphorical language of Isaiah, you will see parallels with Isaiah, and makes it concrete. Speaking of the powerful being brought down from their thrones, the lowly lifted up, the hungry filled with good things, and the rich sent away empty, it is an absolute reversal of the reality in which she lives. This is Mary taking the blessing given directly to her by the angel and spreading it out, sharing it out. You realize her language, she switches from the Lord has done great things for me to that broader language about God's saving power released upon the whole community, a shift from her suffering to compassion for others. And so she takes her blessing, she shares it in a vision of God's saving power poured out on the world, wrapped in the language of joy. Rejoice. You see, Mary somehow manages to keep God's big picture in mind in the midst of all this chaos. She imagines a reversal, a justice that looks just like the very kingdom that Jesus sought to establish. A justice that is founded on mercy, delivered through love, and shaped through the lens of grace. 
the joy that Jesus offers and that Mary sings about here is countercultural. It is revolutionary in and of itself, even in today's context. See, joy cannot be created on our own. Joy comes from connection with God, with ourselves, with one another, which is what community and the kingdom is all about. Joy requires us to see the world through God's eyes. Debbie Thomas, and she writes this great um, site, and Myak um, actually quoted from her last week as well. And I realized that I actually quoted from her before in the past. But she writes really insightful stuff. And she said, Joy requires that we hold on to two realities at once. The reality of the world's brokenness in one hand and the reality of God's love in the other. Joy is what happens when we daily live into the belief that God can and will bridge the gap between the world we long for and the world we see before our eyes. It is a posture, an orientation, a practice. Imagine the practice of joy. A willingness to sit gently but persistently in the tension of the not yet, trusting that God's peace will guard our hearts and minds in that in-between place for as long as it takes. For as long as it takes. When we are able to see the world and ourselves through God's eyes, joy arises. I want to share with you Stephen's story. And he submitted it with a towel. He was one of those who was really great and really enthusiastic about doing this. And you know, I'm really thankful you know, for his submission. He said, The olive tree is also known as the tree of righteousness and olive oil as the oil of joy and gladness. Coming to FCC is a significant step in my life journey as a Christian. Being accepted in the eyes of God for who I am brings about the much-needed reconciliation with my faith. May the oil of joy continue to burn strongly as I walk through life knowing that God is always with us and the grace of Christ as our faithful pillar of righteousness. Stephen is able to keep the picture, the bigger picture that God has. And then, in our little recipe, we have the fourth thing, which is that joy arises from participating in God's bigger plan. So not only do we keep God's big picture in mind and just stay there, we participate in God's bigger plan. See, joy arises when we get involved in God's bigger plan of shalom. In Mary's Magnificat, we see her rejoicing because she recognizes the role she plays in God's plan. The word rejoice is an active verb, is an, the action form of joy. Joy is a noun, verb is the action, right? The, the, the thing that we do. And here, Mary is choosing and embracing joy in the role that she has been given by God. You know, she didn't have to. She could have chosen to say, uh, I'm sorry, angel, this is too fun. Please find someone else. You know, what about that person next door? <laughs> Maybe she would be better, right? But she chose not to do that. In Mary's words, we see her response. She rejoices. She chooses joy. She focuses on God's big picture and she embraces her very challenging role. 
to give birth to and to bring up the Messiah. And sometimes we have to choose joy, especially when it's difficult. Especially when it's difficult. And that's when we have to choose. Because like Mary, some of us have difficult roles at work, in our families, and even at church. Sometimes, you know, people are hesitant to step up as leaders at FCC because they foresee the difficulties of serving in a congregation that's so diverse and vocal. And, you know, we are hoping to nurture a culture where we can all learn to give and receive feedback clearly and compassionately. Both. Right? Clearly and compassionately. And we want to begin with our leaders. And that is one of our big priorities for 2022. Elizabeth and Mary rejoiced because they realized they were part of God's bigger plan. And you, you are also part of God's bigger plan. And sometimes we need to choose joy, especially when it's difficult. I like what contemporary theologian Willie Jennings says. He says, Joy is an act of resistance against despair and its forces. To give some context, Jennings is a black theologian who teaches at Yale. And basically what he's saying is, joy is defiant. Defiant in the midst of circumstances, defiant in the midst of challenges, defiant in the midst of despair. And he says, it is an act of resistance against despair. And as God's people, yes, joy is defiant. And I want to share with you this story. It is the forgotten history of Chione Sugihara, the Oscar Schindler of Japan, who is credited with secretly saving over 6,000 Jews from the Nazis. He was a low-level Japanese diplomat in Lithuania, even as the Nazi regime was tightening its chokehold on Europe. And Sugihara and his wife, Yukiko, they watched with increasing concern as Lithuanian Jews were persecuted, they were driven out of their homes and their businesses, and they were forced away to labour camps. And finally, Sugihara decided enough was enough. And he set out to try to bring the Jews of Europe onto Japanese soil and out of Hitler's reach. The Japanese government, of course, was not thrilled by his idea. They didn't approve of it, and they shut down Chiyone's request. To, vis to issue vis visas for the fleeing Jews. And in response, Sugihara essentially defied their orders. He began to write the visas by hand. And this incredibly brave man and his wife stood alone against the Nazis and against their own government, risking their lives and the lives of their four children to save over 6,000 Jews. And this selfless act resulted in the second largest number of Jews rescued from the Nazis. And it is estimated that as many as 100,000 people alive today are descendants of the recipients of Sugihara visas. When asked, why would he defy his own government's orders? He simply answered, and Sugihara is a Christian, he said, my obedience to God and doing the right thing, no matter the cost, overruled their orders. My obedience to God and doing the right thing, no matter the cost. 
Sugihara and his wife were one of the last foreign officials to remain in Lithuania. They stayed right to the end and they worked around the clock, issuing close to 300 visas. Both he and his wife were riding 300 visas a day and distributing them to the refugees who gathered outside the Japanese consulate gates. And when Sugihara was finally ordered to leave, he continued to write visas and throw them out from the train as he departed. And it's estimated that he saved nearly all of the people who received visas. And after arriving in Japan, the Jewish refugees called themselves the Sugihara survivors in honour of his courage. So have you heard of Sugihara? No. I didn't hear of him until recently. So why hasn't his story been broadcasted like Shinda's list, right? <gasps> Unfortunately, in Japan, to defy a superior was considered unforgivable. And so rather than award him for his contributions, he was actually removed from his government position and forced to live in dishonour until his death in 1986. And it was only when a large Jewish delegation from around the world, including the Israeli ambassador to Japan, attended his funeral did his neighbours actually find out what he had done? And it was only in recent years that his humanitarian acts were recognised by the Japanese government. Because of his efforts, Yad Vashem, which is the World Holocaust Remembrance Centre, they awarded him the title of Righteous Among the Nations in 1984, just before his death. Joy is defiant, especially when you know you're doing the right thing by participating in God's bigger plan. Advent is not just a season of waiting. It is also a time of preparation, a time of us defiantly and joyfully anticipating that God's love will have the last say, that the light of Christ will dawn and the darkness will not overcome it. God's peace will overcome all violence and we can look forward to the fulfilment of God's promised restoration of shalom. We choose joy because it's an act of resistance against despair. And as a people of God, we defiantly, we joyfully trust by participating actively in God's bigger plan. So as we close today, I wanted to ask you, what resonated most with you about joy today? What spoke to your heart about joy today? Did you find parallels for yourself with Mary and the challenges that she faced and yet chose to rejoice? Have you found it difficult to really experience joy at this time? this time of uncertainty, this time of being in limbo, this time of challenges. Two realities, yeah. That's what we need to hold, right? The joy comes from holding those two realities. That we need to choose joy, yes, that is active, mm -hmm. to trust in God, letting go, creative, brave, we can hold two realities, understanding despite hard circumstance, not alone, loving, give and receive, tough, gentleness, defiance, 
Rejoice in difficult times. Strength from hope to act. Full faith. Doing the right thing. Persistence. Joy is a verb. God's bigger plans. And we see two slightly bigger words there in this word cloud, right? Gentleness. And I'm so glad, you know, that gentleness kind of really resonated with you. Because if anything, I hope that that's what you will leave with, that gentleness to yourself and to others. Because that's actually that beginning point of joy. Like gratitude, letting go, putting down all that burdens that we are carrying, all the unnecessary burdens we are carrying, putting them down so that joy can arise. My part in God's plan, absolutely. I love that. You all have some really, really great stuff up there. And I hope you'll take time to just sit with that. To share joy relentlessly. The presence of God. Breathing deeply. Indeed. Like what Nehemiah said, and this is in the Old Testament, the part where they said they had so many words on joy, right? So many times that joy is um, talked about. Nehemiah, even as the Jews faced great odds in rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem, and this is after the exile to Babylon, they were trying to come back, Jerusalem was completely destroyed, and he was tasked to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem to bring back the people, in, in the, the exiles back. And he said, May the joy of the Lord be your strength. He's saying that not flippantly, not casually, not easily. He says that with a lot of deep experience of struggle, of how far the Jews had to come in order to come back to rebuild the walls. And he says that may the joy of the Lord be your strength. And I pray that this may be true for you too in this season of Advent and into the new year. Whatever the new year may bring, may the joy of the Lord be your strength. Amen. Just as with prayer, oftentimes we go through the motions, go through the words of uh, communion. So I would like to invite us all uh, this morning to just take this moment uh, to be a little bit more mindful, a little bit more intentional that we may you know, fully experience um, the present moment and the joy of communion with our Lord. So let us t um, prepare ourselves for a time of Holy Communion. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. 
So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. Altogether, God, God of, of mercy and justice, and justice be, be with us. us. We lift our hearts to you, not because we have to, not because we are supposed to, but because it's how we respond to your unconditional love. Because it feels good to know we are loved. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your mercy. Of how you gave food to the poor, clothes to the naked, and shelter to the lost. As long as there have been people to tell them, our ancestors in faith have shared stories of your justice. Of how you gave freedom to the enslaved, opportunity to the outcasts, and peace to the war-torn. You acted with both mercy and justice, rescuing the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, providing them with manna when they were hungry. And your people acted with both mercy and justice, like the prophets who cried out to care for widow, orphan, and foreigner, and those who provided food, shelter, and community. You have shared your mercy and justice with us, not only as gifts to be received from you, but as gifts that we are to share with the world. We see this gift most clearly in the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus showed us what a life of mercy and justice looked like. In mercy, he gave food to the hungry. With justice, he broke social custom and shared tables with the powerful and the lowly at once. In mercy, he cared for the sick. With justice, he broke religious custom and healed on the Sabbath. In mercy, he had compassion for the poor. With justice, he spoke out against the empire that held them in poverty. In mercy, he washed his disciples' feet. With justice, he died without protest to expose a corrupt system. On the night he was handed over to the unjust system that killed him, he protested by sharing a meal with his friends. There he took bread, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, shared God's mercy by giving it to his friends. Then he called them to remember the injustice of his broken body every time they ate bread. After they ate, he took the cup, gave thanks for God's mercy in providing it, sharing God's mercy by giving it to his friends. Then he called them to remember the injustice of his spilled blood every time they drank wine. But, but that, that wasn't, wasn't all. all. God's mercy and justice burst forth when Jesus died, and his resurrection gave hope to all those who hunger for mercy and thirst for justice. God will always equip those who seek to share mercy and justice. Even death cannot stop God's incredible grace. 
So we ask God's Holy Spirit to be poured out on this meal, on these gifts of mercy, bread and juice, that we may remember Jesus' ministry of mercy and justice, that these gifts of mercy may become for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we may show mercy and do justice, not just for ourselves, but for the transformation of the world. May the stewards come forward to distribute the elements. Please hold on to the elements. We will all partake together. We may all partake of the elements together. If you are willing and able, please rise and join me in the prayer of communion. All together. God, through this meal, we pray that your grace will empower us to do justice, to offer mercy, and to do so with humility. You have given us your Son as an example, and your Holy Spirit as advocate. Give us the courage to do your work in the world. Amen. May be seated.
Good morning, church, and welcome again to the Sunday service of the Free Community Church. Uh, so first, I um, want to say a big uh, thank you for joining us this morning, uh, whether you are here on-site or online. I want to say also a big thank you to Pauline uh, for bringing us the wisdom of Scripture this morning. And I hope that, uh, like um, you, um, like me, I've, that you felt joy arise uh, when you know uh, Pauline was preaching. So... Um, one thing that I was also reminded of uh, as Pauline was, was preaching was um, the distinction between uh, joy and being happy. Have you ever considered it? You know, what's the difference between joy and being happy? Um, my mom recently asked me, are you happy? And I told my mom, uh, I have joy. Uh, because joy is something that we choose regardless of the circumstances and not in the moment. So, next time somebody asks you, are you happy? Maybe you can respond with joy. And I think that it's so important to be intentional with the joy that we have. Um, and uh, so much wisdom from Scripture this morning, and I hope that you got a lot out of it, as I did. So, I want to use this moment to also welcome those who are new with us this morning. If you're here new on-site, or whether you're joining us online for the first time, FCC is an inclusive church. This means that uh, we welcome you regardless of your background, regardless of the experiences of life that you have gone through, regardless of what other people say about you and the labels that society may place on you. You are welcome here. And I want to extend a very warm welcome home to you, whether you are new or have been worshipping with us for a long time. If you are new... I would like to encourage you to help us to allow us to get to know you. And a great way to be able to do that is to complete that uh, form, whether you can scan the, UR, uh, the, the QR code or go to the URL fcc.la slash welcome. Leave us your details and our pastors will reach out to you and find out how we can serve you and invite you to a newcomers meeting that um, for this month is going to be next week, if I'm not wrong, next week, right after the Sunday service. And we have it both virtually as well as here on site. So please do register and uh, sign up for the newcomers meeting next week. We now enter into a time of giving. And just like communion, this is usually a very solemn moment where we do not have joy in. <laughs> I want to encourage us out our scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Version of Scripture. And it says here, let, us, let each one give as they have made up their own mind and purpose in their heart, not reluctantly or sorrowful, sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, meaning God takes pleasure in, prizes above all things, and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous giver, whose heart is in their giving. So here is one of the places in the New Testament where this word joy appears. One of the 115 times. <laughs> and so if we take reference from the recipe of joy that Pauline preached about, how do we have joy in this time of giving? So I want to remind us what this recipe for joy is. The first one is that joy arises from gentleness and gratitude. So 
We come with a posture of gratitude towards this time of giving, remembering all of the things that have been given to us by God and that we are called to steward, the resources that we are called to steward. But it then goes on to say that joy arises from mutual receiving and giving. And I just wonder here how you have received from this ministry of this church, how you have received from the people and the ministry of the Word, the ministry of worship, and the various ministries, like the cell groups that have been part of a critical part of community for you. Here's an opportunity to mutually give and to receive. And then third, Pauline reminds us that joy arises when we keep God's big picture in mind. This church here has got a mission that we can all participate in, in and through the giving. And FCC is an inclusive, progressive Christian church, and perhaps the only one in Singapore. And we play an important role to not the people, just the people that are calling this place home, but the community that we are called to serve, the marginalised, and to be able to impact the wider society in Singapore and beyond. So with this in mind, let's use this recipe for joy and become that cheerful giver that's called, that we are called to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and verse 7, as we prepare to give this morning. There are a few ways you can give towards this uh, offering. The first one is that you can scan the QR codes on the screen that you see there, and you can then use that to um, buy pay now to tr make your transfer. The second way is by credit card. So you can go to freecom, uh, freecomchurch.give.asia, and you can either make a one-time giving, a one-time donation, or, a recur or set up a recurring donation. This will be able to be two ways you can do it online, and there's one way for you to do it on-site. And in a moment, I'm going to pass around the offering bags, and the stewards will approach anybody here on-site who has got their hand raised, who would like to put cash, good old-fashioned cash, um, into the offering bags. So as we prepare to give this morning, prepare to receive the offering, let's join our hearts in a word of prayer. Dear God, we thank you for the word that's gone forth, for the preparation, this event of your coming, of how you're making your presence, you who are with us, real in this world. And God, help us in this time of offering and preparing our hearts to give this morning, how we are helping to make your presence real in the world in, around us and to the people in the community that this church serves. Thank you, God, for gathering us as your people, for your presence in, your, in our lives, and for the opportunity to participate in the restoration of Shalom on this earth. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's people say, Amen. Can I invite the um, stewards to come forward to receive the giving this morning? All right, so while we have got the offering bags going around, I have a few announcements that I'd like to share. The first announcement um, is about community. Some of us um, have found the very critical importance of community, especially during this time of pandemic. How important it is not to be alone and not to go through um, this on our own. So if you're looking for spiritual friendships, people to journey with, We've got a brand new cell group that's about to sprout. And this is going to be going to start in the new year. 
And if you're looking for a new uh, group of people to join on Journey with, please register your interest at info at freecomchurch.org and someone will get in touch with you to invite you into a session where the next cell group begins. Next um, um, announcement that I have is for Christmas and for some of the um, products that we have actually created for fundraising out of the stained glass project. The stained glass project, you will, uh, you will hear a little bit more about it on how we are using it again for Christmas to be able to decorate our space here and to tell our stories. But some of these stories that have been told have been now turned, these beautiful images have now been turned into stickers and greeting cards which we can then bless other people with this Christmas. And if you're interested in actually uh, making a purchase of the stickers or the cards, um, please write to info at freecomchurch.org and we'll send you a link where you can actually make these purchases. I think each pack is $10, if I'm not wrong. And these will go entirely um, into um, the, our general fund. Um, we are going to be able to make it available for you to purchase and you'll be able to receive this before Christmas. So you can then bless somebody with these stickers and write a beautiful message of gratitude or you know, acknowledgement of their love or your love for, the, for that person. So please do um, uh, participate and, and grab your cards and your stickers. For those who are on-site, um, the bonus is that you don't have to write in. You can just go to the back of the hall on your way out. And it's actually um, on the, right at the back of the hall on the, on the table there. David's on standby, who has lovingly prepared all of it so you can pick, it up, pick one pack up as you leave uh, today. And David's waving his hands there. And... Uh, um, I've got my $10 ready, David, for you right here. <laughs> All right, I'm going to call up uh, Miak, who is going to share the next uh, announcement and then close us with the benediction. Miak. We have talked a lot about Let Your Life Speak and our Advent Anthology, and we've been inviting folks to um, uh, come together to share our stories, your stories, our struggle and gratitude around teams, love, peace, hope and joy. And we are going to add on some of these tiles um, onto our stained glass project. You know, Our stained glass project started this year as part of a Lent reflection journey and putting it up just in time for Easter. But little did we realise that it's, it's taken a life of its own because the stories resonated and I think the stained glass is very beautiful and quite reluctant to take it down even though it's meant to be a temporary project. Um, but as you heard Pauline share, you know, just now in, in her sermon, the stories have also power to impact other people as well. Being vulnerable and sharing our struggles help, may help bless someone else because someone else might be going through something similar. I see the chat in the YouTube uh, uh, broadcast that some of us are struggling with joy. I am struggling with joy this season because it's a, it has been a season of loss for me, um, of lo a season of grief. In recent days, I wouldn't even say weeks, right? It's days and, and, and for the past few weeks, every time I log into Facebook, I have to send condolences to friends who are grieving. And I'm also grieving. But I'm blessed 
today to hear Pauline's sermon that joy isn't about the circumstances. And joy is in defiance. Defiance of what is going around us and defiance of the darkness of the situations we find ourselves in. When Mark lit the candle of joy, have you thought that it was an act of defiance to whatever that is going around us? No darkness can stand even against the dimmest candle. Our faith that the light will come our faith in a God that loves us, our faith in the resurrection and the power of love will be able to bring us through the darkness. So, we received strangely or coincidentally or I think this is very um, arranged somehow, um, during the season of Lent, I reached out to a lot of our friends who are overseas and I mailed to them, you know, I asked them if they want to participate in a project, so I mailed to them the cards. Uh, some came back, some didn't. And Sharon's online right now uh, and watching us um, from Malaysia. Gary happened to travel up to Malaysia recently and met up with her. And this is a towel that he brought back. Sharon said, sorry that it stayed so long from Easter to Christmas. But I think that it isn't too late. It is actually just in time. Because this piece of, um, while we can see that this piece is uh, 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 beautifully drawn, it took a lot out of her to draw that. And this is her sharing her, in her story. My dad died on 29th of December in 2016. I am no painter as such, but listened to the Bible on YouTube and painted these through my early grief from morning to early hours, never stopping till a canvas was filled. I hadn't actually finished the last painting with the white cross, but it's been white since 2017. God is light. I think it is finished. And this is a, a copy um, of that painting that she made, um, the stained glass. And this is a work of working through grief of seeing joy even in the darkness. And I'm grateful for all these stories. And we want to invite you to these to participate because we still have one more week. So you can go on to the uh, email info uh, freecomchurch.org if you need help to find a group of people to share with you. And we want to submit the... Uh, the, the we were collecting the glass, um, the towel, next week, Sunday. That's a closing date because we're going to put it up um, for Christmas. You can scan the QR code so they can see more information. Um, and so we have one more opportunity next week to, to gather as a group to do it. And if people are on site, um, I think there's a group after service that um, there's meeting to, to share stories and to draw a tile as well. I invite you to join in. Right, um, and if there are people who are interested, I'm happy to lead a group next week because I haven't, I struggle to draw my own towel and tell the story. And as Pauline pointed out, some of you might not want to draw a towel, but some of you have stories to share. Do email these stories to info at freecomchurch.org because we are weaving these stories and we are going to incorporate these stories also in our Christmas service so that we can tell our stories 
that is connected to all these things. Finally, you know, for Christmas, everyone's excited. Um, it's 25th of December at 10.30 a.m. Uh, I think we have to keep repeating that so that people can remember. We're not having service on the 26th. It's going to be a repeat broadcast. Uh, but 25th on a Saturday, um, 10.30, come. And we've been telling people to bring one or one to three Christmas treats. Christmas treats is not Christmas present. Uh. Christmas treats is uh, like uh, Christmas bakes. Right, whether you get it, um, uh, you buy from a, 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 a pastry shop or, or, or bakery, or you make your own, please bring some so that all of us have a piece to take away to uh, to celebrate Christmas in this season. That you know we are not going to be able to feast together like we always do during Christmas, and we want to do something special. But I got a weird, weird feeling that it will be like the feeding of the multitudes because we are going to have the whole table filled with. Pay, uh, with a lot of Christmas treats and just uh, you know, and a lot twelve baskets full left over. Um, so I, I hope to see everyone um, you know come for our Christmas service and also bring the Christmas treats as well. We'll come to the end of service. So may I invite you to send out and receive the benediction? God who is with us with us even in the darkness, even in our grief, even in our sorrow. Strengthen us with joy, that defiant joy that says no to death, no to injustice, no that the sadness and the sorrow will not overwhelm us because you are with us and you will strengthen us and guide us through all this. So defiantly, we proclaim joy. Defiantly, we hold on to your love, regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves, so that we participate in your amazing work in this world to bless all, to bring peace, love, joy to all. So we, the followers of the Risen One, we who are waiting for the coming of Christ, we, the Christmas people, may we go out and be loved and joy always, all the days of our lives. So go in peace, go in love, go in joy. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. Um, look forward to seeing you next week.